Morning. Doing right. Hey, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I know I've been up here already, but my name's Kurt Jones. I have the privilege of serving here as lead pastor. We're really glad that you're here worshiping with us today. Today, I'm going to talk about two things real quick. Things that fit and things that are fitting. All right? And those two uh, a little bit different. So I don't know if anybody else ever gets these, but you get an invitation to an event, and then there's a description of what types of clothes you're supposed to wear. And you have no idea what they mean. Right? So you get one, and so there's, you know, like there's, there's, there's the pl- black tie type of event, right? Now, that's a little bit simpler. You're supposed to really dress up for that, right? Like, you know, um, I had one recently, and you're supposed to wear a tuxedo, right, if you're a guy. And so um, I, here's what, I'll be, I'm just going to own it. This is what I do if I have to wear a tuxedo to something. I, I just wear my suit, and I put on a bow tie. Because every time I paid over $100 to rent a tuxedo, I go and pick it up, and I think, this looks exactly like the black suit that I already own. I don't know what the difference is, all right? So uh, there's that. And then there's a white tie event, which is even higher than a black tie event. Don't invite me. Like, I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to come to that. I have no idea what that's about. But here's some of the other descriptors. There, there's a semi-formal. What, is, what does that mean? Right, they, they said you could also call this like cocktail, like that's a, what it could be called. Like for us guys, at least, we're still like, I, some of you know what it means. Like there are others, we're still, we're still guessing. And then there's how to describe casual. There's three ways. It could be called dressy casual, which to me is not casual, right? If it's dressy, it is not casual. Those don't go together. Or it could be called smart casual. Well, what do dumb people wear, right? And, and, then, and, then, and then there's the third that could be called business casual. Now, I, I want to just help you guys out Right, so wives, I'm gonna try to help you out with something. Thus far, any of these things, t-shirts and crocs are not appropriate. All right, just to help you, we haven't gotten to that yet. Like that's the next group, and, and it says this: come as you are. That's an invitation. Come as you are. Now, here's the crazy thing about come as you are. Somebody might show up wearing a tie. And somebody else is gonna show up wearing crocs, right? Like it's gonna have both in the same room. But I want to give you, you young people, I'm gonna give you a lesson and something to learn. So when I when I'm going to an event, and I don't know what I'm supposed to be wearing, I might wear something like this, right? It's not, it's not the, like the most casual thing, right? But you can get away with casual. But I have this in the car. And then when you pull up, you sit in the car for a minute, and you see what other people are wearing. Then you get out the jacket. I'm ready, right? Like, I'm ready for this, right? And then if you really, if you have to, like, I mean, they're really dressed up. You realize I should have wore a suit. You can get away with it, but you're going to have to put on the tie. And some of you don't even know how to tie a tie, right? Some of you are bragging, I'm 30 and I still don't know how to wear a tie. That is not something to brag about, all right? Like, grow up. And, um, and so, but here's the tie. But here's how often I don't wear these things. Some of you might be wondering, like, I do own a suit, and I promise that I will wear, wear it when I marry you or bury you, all right? And so, but you know, like, I started to look for ties that would we'd even match up with this outfit, and I don't have many to choose from. So I was looked at this after I put it out of my closet this morning, and it is from Structure. <laughs> Which some of you are like, well, what's that? Well, <laughs> Structure closed in 2001. Um, <laughs> I bought this tie in 1996 when I started pastoring my first church. Because... <laughs> They expected me to wear a tie, so I started a church. And so, um, where I don't have to wear a tie. All right? So, um, all right, so there's things that, that, that are fitting, right? You have to do that which is fitting. It's appropriate 
for the occasion. Now, I want to teach you another lesson. If it doesn't fit, it is never fitting. Right? Like, you're never going to make something fitting if it doesn't at first fit. It has to, it actually has to fit. Right? Like, um, I'm going to use this as an example. I'm going to step on some toes. All right? But young ladies, if you buy a dress for an outfit and you have to do this the entire time you're wearing it, it, it doesn't fit. That's the problem. All right? Like, you look super uncomfortable anyway, like doing this, all right? And everybody's, oh, you're picking on the girls. Fellas, I don't know why this trend happened, but these shorts. <laughs> nobody wants to see your hairy legs, all right? Like, your hairy thighs are meant to just be kept covered, okay? Put something over those. And I know I'm picking on the young people, all right? But, hey, we all go through fashions that we look back at pictures and we go, why did I wear that? Like, why didn't anybody let me wear that? Like, I don't know if y'all remember these. I saw a picture of me wearing one of these shirts not too long ago. And it, uh, you remember the shirts that, like, like, this part of it was green, and then this part was white, and then this part was green, and then this part was white. Like, two shirts got put together in four different ways. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger, why did you do this? I don't know why you ever made this shirt, right? And so, so like, I, I know you want to be real dressed up, but there's a few things I think you're going to look back at, and you're going to go, why did we, why did we do that? Right, like there's one that's going on right now. I'm gonna pick, like, some of you think it's, it's fire. I'm gonna use words that embarrass my kids. But like if you put on a suit that looks really good till about right here, and then it stops, and you forgot your socks, and you're wearing dress shoes without socks, which by the way, makes dress shoes stink, if you didn't know that. But like, I don't know if you know where short britches were popular, but Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn wore them. And, and right, like, you're probably going to look back at that picture and go, why did we do that? But you know what? Whatever. Enjoy your, your dress up. Have fun. But here's the thing. There's just some things that fit, and there's some things that are fitting. And we have to learn how to make some decisions in life. Like, does this fit? Is this, is this right? And is this fitting? Is it right in this moment? So I want us to learn from Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, we're going to be starting in verse 13. By the way, if you don't have a, a Bible, there's one in front of you in the chair below. If you'd like to have one, we'd love to give you a Bible. Like, like you don't own a Bible, you can have that one. It's a gift from us to you. Um, if you're going to be using one of the Bibles that's here, Matthew chapter 3 is on page 758. Um, if you're in your own Bible, it's probably not on page 758, all right? And so, um, but Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13, it says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. So I want you to imagine, John is the one who's preaching the message of repentance, saying the kingdom of God is at hand, but there is one who is coming that I am not worthy to carry the sandals of. Speaking of Jesus. Now Jesus shows up and says, I want you to baptize me. No, indeed. You should baptize me. No, no, we have to do this, and here's the word, because it is fitting to fulfill righteousness. Let's, let's, let's kind of talk about these words for a minute, because here's the question. Why was Jesus baptized? Like, was he saying, you know, I believe in me. <laughs> I'm going to confess me as Lord. I needed to do that. No. He's not confessing himself as Lord. He's not, he's not, it's not an act of repentance. He's not saying, you know, I'm going to stop sinning. He's never sinned. So it's, it's different, right? It's, it, so why? 
because it's fitting to fulfill righteousness. This fitting means it's appropriate, it's good. It's good in a way that it's good to others, it's good. He had no need for righteousness to be fulfilled. He himself himself is the fulfillment of righteousness. We have a righteousness that's not our own, but the righteousness of Christ. It's, it's, It's imputed upon us, it's given to us, it's gifted to us. Anything that is right and righteous in you as a follower of Christ is the right and righteousness of him. Right, so he didn't need this fulfilled. But it was fitting for him to fulfill it, for him to make complete. So I want you all to understand something, that, that for Jesus, baptism was not an act of confession. It was an act of connection. It's connection matters. It's our first point. The connection matters. This, man, we're, we're seeing the humanity of Jesus here. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of the heavens and the earth, he who spoke the very water that he's being baptized in into existence, saying, baptize me. Why? Because other people need to see the fulfillment of righteousness. Because I'm gonna lead out. Because I'm gonna set forth the way because it's fitting. Not because I need something fulfilled on my behalf, not because I am in need, but because it's fitting for the fulfillment of of righteousness. See, now our act of confession is also an act of connection. Like when we are baptized, we're baptized into Christ and we're baptized into his church and we're connected into the body of Christ and we're members of a body and it has different parts and each one of us is supposed to take our own place and, and do our part and be the part that God created us to be. God created you to have community and connection with other believers. Community, community matters, connection matters. The Lord Jesus Christ gave us this example. The other thing that we see here is this. Is I want you to consider this. Why is Jesus being baptized? Part of it is, is simply this. It's maybe not all of it, but part of it is this. Because you needed him to be. Not because he needed to be. But because you needed him to be. That he might be the example. That he might set forth the way for you to follow him. And, and one of the things that we have to understand here is, is one of the principles in this kingdom upside down that we're talking about is humility is, ne- is a necessity. And this is the king of kings and lord of lords and he's going through this, this act which he has no need of, but you need. And he's humbling himself. You know, if you're gonna ever be a leader who makes a difference in people's lives in any way, any level, you're gonna do some things that are not really to your good, but are to their good. And that's a good enough reason to do them. Because they're to somebody else's good. Jesus had no need of this. But he was doing what was fitting so that righteousness might be fulfilled. This is his example for us in this kingdom upside down where he who is the greatest is, is willing to take the place that is the lowest. And he who is is, is first, is willing to, to be the one who goes last, that he's willing to put us and our needs so high in his priorities that he would choose to be humbled in this way. And then it goes on and says this, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom 
I am well pleased. I want you to, I really want you to spend a moment with this and kind of consider the humanity of Christ in this. Like, that he is God with us, but he is living in this world. He's having the same kind of experiences that we're having. He grew up struggling and facing the same kind of things that you grew up and struggled. Like, he has had to deal with just life like, like everybody else. Now he's, he's doing what God, what God the Father father wants him what we don't know from the way it's written in another one of the gospels is whether he was the only one that heard this or whether everyone heard this we don't really know for sure but we know this for sure that jesus the son of god heard the voice of the father saying this is my son in whom i am well pleased i wonder so to understand who jesus is you have to understand that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he had been in eternity before he was on earth. And I wonder if this was the first time he had heard the audible voice of his father. Like just in this moment, was like, what was that moment like for Jesus? That the father spoke to him. And he says, I'm well pleased. What you have done is pleasing to me. Who you are and what you have done has brought your father pleasure. It delights me. What did that mean to Jesus in that moment? How important was that to Jesus in that moment? How much does that mean to you when you know that? That you have been a delight. You know, this week, Daniel came home. And uh, we're excited about that, man. We're pumped up. Uh, I'll be honest, this is how it went this week. We weren't gonna go. He was flying into Little Rock on Wednesday. Had to spend a couple days at his base there. And he was coming down yesterday, all right? So we're like, we're just gonna see him on Saturday. And sometime around 9 to 9.30, Wednesday morning, Wendy texted me. She said, I regret this crying emoji. Which I don't get a lot of crying emojis from my wife. Like, I cry way more than Wendy, all right? And so, and so I get crying emoji. And so I was like, I looked it up real quick, and I said, well, we can be there by 4.15. Let's roll. So she found a sub. We jumped in the car, and we drove to Little Rock. She drove pretty fast. I was super proud of her. And... Um, <laughs> We got to the airport just to hug his neck, took him and Cassidy out to eat, and got right back in the car and drove home. <laughs> got home at 145. It was worth every moment. Now, I just want you to understand something as we read this passage. Like, when we're the children of God, like, that he finds pleasure in us. Not just responsibility for us. He's, yeah, that we have the opportunity and privilege of being pleasing to the Father. Oh, it's a beautiful thing that Jesus experienced with his Father. So a few things here. So we started about this message of John the Baptist was repent, and we talked about that last week. Like if you want to start, start new, you have to start here. Like if you're going to begin to follow the Lord, you have to start where you are. You can't start where you should have been or where you ought to be. You have to start where you are, right? Like it is what it is today. Maybe it should have never been that, but it is that. You got to get right right here. You can't get right over there. You can't get right back there. You got to get right here. And that's what God does. But it also, if, if you want to start new, you have to start right. Like you, if you're going to start new, you're going to start here. You're going to start here. You're going to start new by doing the right thing. You got to start right. Some of you are like, man, I really want to change my life. But then you keep doing the exact same things that you've been doing, and then you ask, well, I don't understand why I'm not changing. Because you're not changing. 
Like you gotta start new. There's some things that are old and they need to die. You need to put them to death. You need to put them away. And you need to start in some new things. It's not just the stuff you're gonna stop. What are you gonna start? If you're gonna follow after the Lord and, and seek him. Now I wanna come back to baptism. Like, you know, it's interesting. You talk about baptism and, and people, man, people always wanna get into this debate. Well, do you have to be baptized to be saved? People wanna ask that question. I'm like, I think it's kind of an odd question, but I'm, I'm just gonna answer it. I mean, the theological answer is no. No, because baptism can't save you. That's why it's not necessary to be saved, because baptism can't save you. You can jump in the water all you want, but it won't make your soul right. Okay? But here's what we do know. People who get saved get baptized. It's pretty straightforward. He tells us to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded. He's like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's, it's the first thing he told you to do. You say, yes, you're Lord of my life. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna obey you. Do this. Eh, I don't know about that. I don't like water. All right, we can help you with that. I don't like crowds. All right. And are, are you gonna be obedient? Like, starting new means starting right. It is what Jesus told us to do, but it's also what Jesus showed us to do. Was that important to him? And here's the, the, the second thing. If we're gonna start here by starting right, we have to do right because it is right. Some of you are like, that's not a good enough reason. Right? Just do right because it's right. I, I, know, I know kids love when their parents talk like that, right? Well, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Because it's right. Well, can we have a talk about whether it's right? Nope, because this is my house and you're not paying for anything, so we can't have that conversation. I get to decide whether it's right. Now, and here's the thing I want you to understand. You do not get to decide whether it's right. God decides whether it's right. And sometimes we just do what is right simply for the reason because it is right. Sometimes you will live in righteousness when you're not real sure why the other is unrighteousness. You just know this is righteousness and you love God so you're gonna obey his commands. We do what is right because it is right and and we get a chance to live in this fresh and new life. It's because repentance is more than just stopping what is wrong. It is starting what is right and righteous in our life. So sometimes as I was, I'm working through this series in Matthew, like there's some places we just kind of get to stories, and some of the stories are just about Jesus, right? I say just about Jesus. I don't mean that in a negative way. Oh, they're just about Jesus. Like, like that's a good thing, right? But what do I do with some of the things that Jesus did, right? Like, there's some things, like, how do I learn? Like, Jesus does a lot of miracles. Probably not gonna go and, and do those things this week, right? And so, how do I learn from this story about Jesus and his baptism? Well, there's three things I think we ought to ask ourselves that we should learn from the life of Christ right here. And the first one is this. Is, is it righteous? Is it right? Does it fit? There are some things that will never fit the children of God. They're called sin. And it never fits. We're actually told to be taking that off so that we might be clothing ourselves in the things of God. They don't fit. And we just have to answer our question, is it right? Does it 
fit. And you say, well, how do I just learn that? There, I want to give you four W's today. You might want to write these down. I didn't put these in the outline, but there's four W's I want you to consider today. These will help you know whether it is right. The first one is God's word. There's some, read God's word. If in God's word it is wrong, it is still wrong. In God's word, if, if it is right, it is still right. God's word. Let it have that authority. Stop trying to convince God that, that his word doesn't mean what his word means. Like if you love him, just do what he says. Believe him, trust him. So it's, it's God's word. It's God's ways. Just the ways of God. How he goes about doing the things that he does. And you, you just see how he works. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever that we, we see God's word, and from God's word, we, we kind of learn his ways. Because sometimes you have to make some decisions that you're like, it's not, that one's not as clear. It's not as, as black and white in the scripture, right? There's not a thou shalt not on this particular issue, right? And so you begin to see God's ways. Um, the third one is God's will and God's will for your life. Like, there are some things in Scripture that are called disputable matters. And what might be sin for you is not sin for your friend. If God has convicted you that something is wrong for you, then it is sin for you. Like, somebody in this room um, might struggle with addiction. And you know that to walk in God's will for your life that you're not going to go in certain directions. That you're not the kind of person who's going to have one drink, so you have no drinks. Good. Right? But you can't find a scripture, thou shalt never have a drink. People love to argue over that one. But do God's will. And the fourth one is this, is God's wisdom. Just God's wisdom, the Proverbs. Like, I'm going to come back to the, the, the topic of alcohol. That comes up, a lot of people ask questions about that one. And You know, here's what I'm going to say. If you really read God's wisdom on it, the Proverbs, he's not encouraging it. Like, he's not going around saying, this is super good for you. Beer is a brawler. Wine is a mocker. Like, it, you know, it's not this, you know, like, you're going to wake up and not even know you were in a fight. That's one of the Proverbs. Like, you're going to be all beat up, and you're not going to have no idea how it happened. Right? That's how a fool lives, by the way. And so just, just, just God's wisdom. God's word, God's ways, God's will, God's wisdom. Do you really want to do what is right. And the other question I asked with that is, what does this fulfill? What does this fulfill? It's the fulfillment of righteousness. Like, not, I want to challenge you with something. Don't make the only question you're asking God about the decision you're making is, is this wrong? Be willing to ask him, hey Lord, is this right? What does this fulfill? Like, do, you, do, you, do you want to do what's fulfilling? So many people live their entire life as a follower of Christ about just not doing the wrong things instead of really seeking in and with their life the right things. And here's the thing, you're missing out on so much of the joy and beauty of what God is doing because there's so much more than thou shalt not. There's also a lot of thou shalt. We would just see it. So is it, is it right? Does it fit? The second thing is, is it fitting? The second question comes after the first one. You have to get whether it's right or not. You gotta, you gotta know whether, if it's sin, then it's never fitting. All right? So you've already asked that question. Is it, is it fitting? But here's what this means. Is this right in this relationship, in this circumstance, in this moment? And like, am I doing what is fitting? 
You know, like scripture talks about speaking the truth in love. You know, you can speak truth in a way that is very unfitting. Right, like, I mean, I mean, it might work every once in a while, but I don't know about you. Um, I believe in Jesus, and you know what I don't like? People who stand at street corners and yell at me about how awful of a human being I am and think I'm gonna fall in love with Jesus because of that. I don't find it very fitting. And some of you go, well, I, I like that approach. Well, we disagree. I just don't think it's very fitting. Right? I'm, I'm not gonna go about it that way. You can take all kind of things. Like, there's some disputable matter. Is it fitting? And I really want to challenge this. If you want to be a person of influence, the more influence you have in the lives of others, the less freedom you have in your own life. There's some things that you don't go do that others might have the freedom to do because the influence that you have is worth too much to lose it over something that means so little. Like, you're not going to walk into, like, and I, I can't say that the flavor of one of these would offend me, but you're not going to walk into a local Mexican restaurant and find me with a big margarita in front of me. You're not going to find that. I'm not mad. Somebody, some of you, you, you get to drink them. You're not going to find me doing that. You want to know why you're not going to find me doing that? Because that day could walk in one of these church members who I've loved for maybe down a long path, struggling with that addiction, and there is no way I'm going to allow that stumbling block because water tastes just fine. Or Coke Zero. I do love some Coke Zero. All right? If you're offended by that, you need another church. No, I'm just um. You know, like, it's just, is it fitting? Does it fit? Is it fitting? Is it right? Is it fitting? And the, and the third question is this. Is it pleasing? Like, will this please God? Like, I challenge you. You're making some decisions in your life right now. Hey, Lord, will this please you? Like, am I going to do what you desire? Lord, I want to do what you desire. Like, here's, the, here's the question. Am I seeking what is allowable or what is desirable to God? Some of you have never thought beyond whether it is allowable. Hey, God, can I get away with this? Instead of, Lord, will you be pleased in this? You know, one of, I, I hope that one day I stand before my king and I hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, I want my life to be pleasing to him. Not just a lie. You know, like there's this place in scripture where it talks about that there will those, be those who are saved, but they're saved as those escaping through the flames. Like my idea is like they're gonna get to heaven and they're gonna be like smoldering. Like, just, woof. And I just, man, I'll, do you want to do what brings him pleasure? What delights him? And when somebody really loves someone else, they don't just live in this relationship thinking, well, what is allowable, right? Like, like if you're married, right? And you think, well, you know, when I say this rude, snarky comment in this way, it really doesn't cause that much of a problem. I think it's allowable. You're not going to have a very good marriage. Like, if that's all you ever want, can I get away with this? 
parent, kids towards parents. I mean, let's be honest, that's what you're trying to do all the time. Ooh, what time can I show back up and not be grounded? Right? Like, that's, is it allowable? What about when we really love somebody? We say, what do they desire? What is to their benefit? What is to their good? And if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, you should desire to do that which pleases him, not just what he allows. What honors him. This is the example Jesus gave us when he did what is fitting to fulfill righteousness. So the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Do you? Have you ever come to that place? He loves you. He demonstrated his love for you in this. While you were still a sinner, he died for you. He has loved you in the moments you have hated him, rebelled against him, rejected him. He has loved you all the same. But do you love him? Some of you need to come to that, just that first step of faith. Trust in the Lord with your life. Our praise team's gonna come out, I think. They didn't in the first service because I told them not to, so I think I told them to in this service. If not, I'm not gonna sing a song for you. <laughs> um, if not, it's okay. So, thought I heard a sound behind me. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my way there. Hey, there he is a curveball at them today, all right? Look, they showed up. So, um, but here's what I'd like. I'd like to have an opportunity to respond to the Lord today, and here's really I'd like how you respond. Some of you need to tell the Lord today you love him for the very first time, that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross and was raised from the dead, and that you know you need forgiveness of your sin, and you confess him as both Savior and Lord. That's the place some of you are, and you need to do that today. Some of you need to get real with God and you need to start with this. Lord, I know that I am doing that which is not right. I know I'm living in sin. It's time to repent of it. Some of you need to say, you know, Lord, you and I have been battling over some things in my life, and I've been using the excuse that I cannot find a thou shalt not in Scripture to live in the way that I've been living, but you've been convicting me over it in my life, and I need to get it right with you. Because here's the thing. To know right and not do it is sin. If God told you no, and you still said yes, then you're sinning against him. And you need to get right with God. You're not going to get, you're not going to get right with him until you start doing right. You, you, you got to come to this place right here. Start doing right. Some of you just need to go a little bit for, further and say, I'm ready for my life to be pleasing to the Father. I want to go further in my faith. We'd love to help you connect with people to do that. But we want to talk to you about wherever you are. We want to pray with you. This is a place you can pray. There'll be leaders up here you can pray with. But we want to respond to what the Lord is speaking to us today. So I'm going to ask you all to stand with me now. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to sing a song, and you respond as the Lord puts it on your heart. Father God, I pray in this moment that, Lord, if there's someone in this room today that does not know you as Savior and Lord, that you change their eternity right now. Father God, if there are people who are, that know you, but, man, they're just straying. They're just not doing the right things. And they're battling against you, Lord. I pray that today would be a day of surrender for them. And I ask this in the precious name of Jesus.